this may not be what the creators intended, but like it can't be an accident that this is in there. Look, I remember it fondly because it had dinosaurs, <laughs> but I remember it unfondly for every other reason. The Black Donnelly's is pure gold, and you guys are wrong. Joey Ice Cream uh, for president. I'm just saying that selfie belongs in the Criterion Collection. Is it working? Uh, <laughs> no. Never, never has anything worked for me in my life, Ronnie. <laughs> Welcome to Ending Bending. I'm your host, Ronnie. And that's it. Ronnie, that's, it's just Ronnie. It's just Ronnie. Oh I mean, of, of of the host that you're li- used to hearing here on Ending Bending, it is just Ronnie. Uh, it is it is Countdown to Wedding 2022. And uh and and your 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 host Andy and your host Evan, they're they're getting married. And and they said, uh, I'm tired of this podcast in life. I'm moving on to the matrimony life because you can't do both. Uh, as everyone knows. Aren't and you says the famously married know. person out yeah. of <laughs> Listen, listen, listen. Either either uh my wife will hear that or podcast will hear that. <laughs> I have yeah. to lie to both of them in order to keep this oh thing going. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I'm gonna treat her right. I'm gonna treat her right. Podcast or my wife? Your wife. Okay. You, you, I'm, I'm sure you would now. I'm sure you would. Uh, we're the same birthday, same yeah, sign. Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. You know. um, well, you're just younger, so like, it, yeah. great for her. Great for her. Trade trade in for the younger model. Moving on up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Did you want in on this? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, so hi. Uh <laughs> hi everyone. Um Yeah, I got guests. I don't know if you guys agree that <laughs> yeah, but I got some guests because I didn't want to do it by myself. That would be, that would be real boring. Um <laughs> we have uh from Paperboat Productions. Uh, we have uh, JV and Val. Welcome, welcome to the program. Welcome to Ending Pending, JV and Val. Thank hey. you. Thanks. Thank you for having us. This is of exciting. Course. Yeah, I love this, to is, be this pending. is. Yeah, pe- pending is great. It's good to be pending. It's good um, to be pending. It's good to be pending. Is that a T-shirt? We've been looking for a T-shirt. Honestly, that's the T-shirt. I'm so sorry to Evan and Andy who are not here for the T-shirt creation. Yeah. But, uh, Everyone will um, look back on episode 172 of Ending Penning and be like, "Remember that great episode where they came with the T-shirt and none of the hosts were there?" Real yeah, quick, please. I don't remember yeah, what please. I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I love I, that. I said something. I was like, oh, and you were like, T-shirt. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, what Val, the hell did I just say? Can I, can, I be, can I be honest with you? Yeah. I don't remember what you said. <laughs> <laughs> it was, we love to be pending. We love I to be pending. To is be that what it is? <laughs> okay. Well, I got to say, I got we... to say, past Ronnie, that's not as good of a T-shirt as, as you thought it was. Now that I'm hearing it a second time. Oh, my God. I don't I'm think still it's right here. We love to be ending. No, we, we love, love to be ending. ending. Doesn't actually We love to be pending. I'm coming for to be current Ronnie, and who is now past Ronnie. Mm-hmm. 
saying yeah. that my ideas are bad. Um, JV and I came up with titles for ourselves. Um, yeah. I feel like we should get to use them. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. So yeah, yeah. Let me let's let's do that. Uh, so uh, welcome to Ending Penning. I'm your host, Ronnie. I cried power. Get the fuck out of my house. And I'm JV. And I am the only non-binary member of the Southside Futurist Science Fiction Club, Val. And if you couldn't tell from those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we watch TV shows that only last a single season, and then we talk about them. We're currently giving Ronnie nightmares and watching the HBO program Lovecraft Country. Oh, uh, but before was... we get to that, oh, 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 no, no, Val, you go, you go. No, I hear what you I'm shutting say. up. No, it's Ronnie no. time. No, it's not because this. I just forgot that this is the point where Andy says, "I've got a bit," and Andy comes up with a bit like on the spot every week, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Um, Val, will you come up with a bit? Oh goodness gracious, that would be a that would be a real hail mary here. That'll be a real holy ghost. Okay. Um, I uh, love to be pending. (laughs) Oh my god. Wait. (laughs) Shit, I already used that one. Damn it. (laughs) It's fine. The formatting here of. Well, here. I'll go. I have one. Go ahead, JV. I have a bit for us. What? A bit. Um, what is your favorite tarot card? Ooh. Huh. Like design wise or like general meaning wise? Uh, either, I guess. Um, either of those works fine. Whatever reason it might be your favorite. Why whatever you might like it. Do you want me to go first, Ron, or do you want to go? Yeah, yeah. If you have one in your head, I, I, oh, I could go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh, <laughs> like I mentioned earlier that I tattooed this word on my leg and it's the sun. Uh, and yeah. I like that mostly because uh, the sun is. I don't know. It's always been such a fascinating thing for me. And I know that card means like like a joy um, and like, you know, a contentness. Uh, and maybe JV, you can correct me on that. Um, but uh, I also really like when the sun designs on tarot cards, like it, like in the deck. Uh, I really like the designs of the sun cards. Like I have one that's cro- uh, I don't know if the term is cross stitched. I apologize. Um, mm. Someone had made me uh, one of the tarot decks from David DePesquel's tarot deck. I think it's called the Animus Tarot, um, and mm-hmm. it's the sun, which is a dragon. And it just it, it like hangs over my bed and I love it so much. Uh, and um, once I remember that person's name who made it, uh, that uh, the cross stitch, I will credit them. So, but I have to look them up real quick first. <laughs> it is Vitality and Enlightenment. Oh, hell yeah. That was why there was weird background sounds a second ago. It's because I was trying to grab the book to figure out what <laughs> it was. <laughs> the person who made it, by the way, is a Cosmic underscore hal on twitter uh that's how oh yeah cosmic hal we love cosmic hal yeah they're or, i mean hal. i i love cosmic hal 
Damn, they made that thing, and I love it very much. Yeah, the chainmail. Yeah, they have been making like chainmail designs, like necklaces and chokers and shit. So cool. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, your turn. Um, ah, my favorite is uh, so this is a gift that I actually got for Andy uh for Christmas after seeing it and loving it uh was is the Philly tarot deck. Um, which is a tarot deck chock-a-block full of those good, good Philadelphia uh, just items and, oh. and characters from oh, history and pop culture and everything. Um, lot, a lot more sports stuff than I was expecting. Uh, that, that's, <laughs> that stuff kind of went over Andy's head a little bit. Um, it's fine. But uh, my favorite card in that deck is the devil uh, because it's gritty. It's our good uh, oh, yeah. uh, queer socialist icon, Gritty. Um, and it's great. It's just it's just gritty on a pedestal with a flaming hockey stick, and he's got uh, two other uh, hockey mascots, uh, two NHL uh, uh, rival mascots, like in chains on his pedestal. Oh which my is god! A little kinky there, gritty. Oh, Wait, who are the mascots? <laughs> Do you know? It's uh, it's the penguin and the Jersey Devil. Oh, oh, oh yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. okay. Pittsburgh Penguins and the New Jersey Devils mascots. Uh, he's he, It's great that he's the devil and he's got a devil, but that's not the devil. The devil is gritty. And, <laughs> Which is weird because gritty is my god. Yeah, no. I mean, well, you know, it, it, <laughs> de- de- deities come in all shapes and sizes. Oh, such um, a bestie. We all know Val is is. is <laughs> Is his self-proclaimed Satanist? Uh, we no, know here's simply no a grittiest. <laughs> here's the a thing: my mother would. Satanist. My mother has told me, and real quick before we get to JV's card, my mother has told me I could be literally anything in, in the world that I want. I could do whatever I want. She said, "The one thing I'm asking of you, please don't be a Satanist." And I'm like, <laughs> "That is such a weird stipulation." Because mm-hmm. all the Satanists I know are so nice, like they're so yeah. chill and cool. Yeah, I'm like, uh, there's that like satanic panic, and I, I think that's affected sure. her. But what a weird hill to die on! Like, you know, uh, uh, this is funny. Anyway, JV, what's your favorite? You raised Catholic? Was you raised Catholic, Val? Is that, is that a Catholic thing? <laughs> sure, sure, Perhaps. understandably. Uh, JV, yeah. JV, I think. My favorite is the star. Um, no, actually, wait. Well, okay. I have two favorites, and they're my favorites for two completely different reasons. One of them is the tower because I live for chaos, honey. Um, but also, drama. <laughs> but also, legitimately, any time the tower's card has shown up, it has meant that there like needed that a change was coming, whether I liked it or not. Obviously, that's the meaning of that card. But every time it's been a, well, I've moved on from this thing. It might have been a forceful moving on from this thing, but it was a moving on nonetheless, and I needed to do it, and that was a good thing. And the star, no, I'm sorry, I meant the moon. I don't know why I said the star. I meant the moon. Because the moon is like that weird creative darkness thing. Mm-hmm. And like, so recently as we recorded this, um, 
Florence Welsh released a new album. Oh and... my god, you don't have to tell me <laughs> twice. Hell yeah. And the first song on that album is one that calls me the fuck out as a creative. And specifically, it, the same thing that is encaptured in that card is encaptured in that one song. And it makes me very happy to listen to that song, but also to think about that little that little creative war in the self. Um, and the weird, that weird transformation of uh, pain into art, into healing, and all of that loveliness. Um, and trying to remember to not reside too much in that weird little realm is a constant little struggle. Um, but, you know, it's a fun little, fun little uh, thing when that card shows up because it usually is a reminder in some way that I might have been spending too much time in that little dark, dark area of the, of the imagination, mm -hmm. which yeah. is always good That's to know. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Which speaking of the dark imagination and the major arcana, 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 <laughs> arcana. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of the, see, I wanted to say earlier, speaking of the major arcana, Jonathan Majors, um, but, oh, you, oh, <laughs> yes. but you did say like a dark, dark daydream or fantasy or something along those lines. And I, that was a better segue technically, but Jonathan Majors Arcana, you know, I, oh my God, I kind of want Lovecraft Country tarot cards. I know that those don't exist at the moment, but I kind of want them to. I'm sure there's art someplace that is just like, hey, make this more. Mm -hmm. I'll commission yes. this thing. Yeah. There must be. Please, well, people. Oh. I want to I, I wanna get into this because, wow. What a, f like, so far, so incredible. Um, yeah. Just mm. like, JV, you're the one that recommended this series to us. Um, yeah. You watched, when did you, did you watch it when it dropped? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, of course I did. <laughs> so do you want to take us through that that process of like discovering it or learning about it? Yes. So um, learning about this, learning about Lovecraft Country in general was uh, really just a matter of of uh, following Journey Smollett from Birds of Prey right on into this, which was the immediate next released project that she was in after birds of prey and i'm obsessed with birds of prey still so of course i immediately went and watched all of this and because like i kind of i like horror but like in a in a i don't know i like certain types of horror and this is the type of horror that i enjoy where it's like the where it's a toss up between the two what which of these two things is more dangerous um <laughs> the human beings that are around or the unearthly monsters that are around <laughs> which are worse who the fuck knows it's crazy um love that that's one of my favorite things but i suppose that might be a pretty good segue into the the plot of the mm -hmm. thing yeah. i will so we watched the first three episodes of Lovecraft Country, um, and uh, I will do my best to explain what the hell happened. Mm -hmm. Good luck. 
Oh, it's a lot. Oh <laughs> These my god. Hour long episodes. So that's that was, a lot here. It was like a marathon, but at the same time, it was like so easy to watch. Like mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. I felt like I like when I checked the time, I'd be like, oh my god, this is so long. But like it wasn't. It, like it it went so smoothly, you know? Like mm-hmm. everything was mm-hmm. like working really well and it like it was grim. And there was these light moments paired with these really heavy emotionally charged like racial moments and like also just like monsters and just also like joy and like it was just all so much oh my god okay oh yeah so we open on a scene that appears to be a dream and this is this is the the this is episode one this is the first opening thing that we see um which is a kind of like battle place it is a battlefield of of sorts we see like john uh, our lovely well our lovely jonathan major is just what i was going to call him and you are so true right bestie our lovely (laughs) jonathan majors tick that's atticus yeah tick our atticus slash tick our 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 protagonist and and main hero of this story um is uh is a veteran and he is in combat in this weird dream sequence and there are aliens and otherworldly monsters and it's kind of strange and there's nothing really explained about it and then it immediately cuts to him just being on a bus um (laughs) which um I could try to summarize what that is, but it's a very visual thing, that whole sequence, Briar. And again, it's a dream sequence. That's just sort of how that thing generally works. Um, Tick is a is a nerd. Tick loves to read and specifically loves to read um, like uh, uh, books by various authors, but in most pertinent to this story um, that racist lovecraft man whatever um and he gets a letter from his uh father saying something about um finding his heritage in um in a town in massachusetts Mm. Um, i'm sorry i know we are moving forward i just want to say really quick um, something that I really enjoy, I, I read the pilot script for a class before um, oh, yeah. we did this mm. podcast um, like a while ago. And um, in the pilot script, in the, sorry, in the dream sequence, um, I think one of the most important parts is that Jackie Robinson is there. And in the script, oh, they call yeah. him Jack. In the script itself, in the description, it says Jackie motherfucking Robinson, underlined <laughs> all caps. It's awesome. The script that is, is amazing. Crucial and Ugh. deeply important. Yes, you are correct. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I love I I do love that opening scene, and I I love that be, having watched the whole show before, I fully forgot about that opening scene. Mm-hmm. Like so, going back and seeing it, I was like. Wait, what the fuck is this? Did I miss that? Like, nope, no, I I did see it before. Mm-hmm. I just had forgotten because a lot's going to happen. Oh boy. Um. So he, uh, so Tick then goes to try to find his father, who has apparently been missing for like a week now. Um, and he goes to uh his uncle's house. 
his uncle is working on a guidebook um, for a guidebook for uh, black people where, you know, they are allowed to go and eat and be served because it is the 1950s when all of this is taking place. Um, and well, that bit of information is kind of crucial if you plan on being black and traveling anywhere. Um, so he's going around all these places and uh, he has a lovely wife uh, named Hippolyta who wants to also go on these travel expeditions and like do these journeys. She longs for adventure that will come up again later. But for now, I just wanted to mention her because I love her a lot. Just as a as a oh my human being in this thing, I'm sorry. I love her very much. George and Hippolyta. Oh my god! And D. Oh my god! Yeah. I you fall in love with them instantly. Is the thing mm-hmm. absolutely? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. immediately. And it's, it's everything it's, clicks. Yeah, and it's just like you. Oh my god! I know we're gonna get there eventually, but god damn it, George. Um. And but uh, like ever like in mm-hmm. the way oh, the actors are just okay. Sorry, I'll shut up. I'll shut up. This is fine. I'm just um, what, what a wonderful show. Okay, I'm shutting up. Yeah. So um, then they decide they need to travel to this town, to this town in Massachusetts. I keep stressing that it's in Massachusetts because, dear listeners, I am also in Massachusetts. They are referring, however, to a place that does not exist, which is Artem. Um, Artem, Massachusetts is not a real place. I just need for everybody to know that. That is not a real location. In this yeah, new state. place just dropped out monsters. <laughs> so Miss Letty <laughs> strolls back into town and encounters her sister and they sing a little number. It is clear they are estranged from each other because of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, wait, did we mention that again Tick is later? Hmm? Tick also is back in town? Yes, I did mention that. Okay, Dick is back in town with his uncle, um, and I'm I'm presuming that I don't actually know where all of that was supposed to be. Chicago, right? I was, I was assuming it was Chicago because that just made. Oh, you know what? I, my confusion was because at one point, um, it mentions that Tick was previously in Florida. Yeah, yeah. that's for right. some reason. Uh, like prior to the story, he was in Florida, and then he has now come home to Chicago. So they're in Chicago. You are correct. Okay. And so um, uh, uh, Letty has also come back and is looking for a place to stay for a few days until she can get a job and get back on her feet. Um, She uh, goes to stay with, or she goes to like try to stay with her sister. Her sister says, you can stay for like two nights and then you've got to leave. That is how estranged they are. Um, the next day, uh, uh, like Tick and um, his uncle are packing up to leave to go to Massachusetts, which as an aside, real long drive. But all right, I guess that's just their plan. Um, sure, I guess. Um, How else? <laughs> what? They going to fly? <laughs> I mean, I would imagine. Well, I guess they can't take the train. Never mind. I don't. I don't. Like, this is the option. It's just it's a long drive. <laughs> I was gonna say, unfortunately, racism. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, I was immediate first. Let's take the train. Obviously, I'm like, they're 
I mean, they might I be mean, able to get a train. Granted, but I, I don't, don't know that you can get a, a solid train from Illinois or from uh, Chicago to uh, to Boston now. Like, I, think I would have to like That's have true. a bunch of interchanges. Oh, mm, yeah, there would be at least one, and it would likely be at Penn Station. But anyway, um, that's, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's invest, invest for in you. transit across the country, would you? Yeah, I <laughs> love trains. Anyway, um. <laughs> Trains fuck. I'm here. For yeah, trains, trains are awesome. We're still trains on the first episode. Fierce. We're almost hitting three we minutes. We really are. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna. We'll buckle down and get through this. And honestly, the rest of this episode is like a lot happens, but also simultaneously not a lot happens during this episode. Hang Basically, on. oh god, mm-hmm. god, no, go ahead. Well, yeah. Basically, they they go to travel to this town in Massachusetts. Letty goes with them for reasons they go to like stop at this diner they oh realize that this that someone else's diner was supposed to be there this diner that was owned by a black woman that is now uh owned by a bunch of white people um why because her diner had been burned down uh which leads to a car a car chase mm-hmm. <laughs> which leads to a car chase which brings them out of that town but um Christina Braithwaite, um, aka a very strange, very blonde white woman, um, mm-hmm. helps them get away by striking their car, by striking the car of the people pursuing and shooting at them uh, with her car. And she just sort of steps out of this car, just breezy, easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl, fine mm-hmm, out mm-hmm, of this mm-hmm. car. Like, she's like, it's fine. I did just get into an accident that totaled this car, but I don't really give a shit. I'm just trying to protect you. Weirdly, it's strange. It's real fucking creepy. And that's the point of it at that uh-huh. point in time. Um. So then they get to this town, uh, or I guess, yeah, they get to this town um, in Massachusetts. They're trying to find the turnoff to get to where they're you know, supposed to get to. They can't seem to find it. And then they get found by the cops. The cops who remind them that this is a sundown county. Uh, The episode name for this episode is Sundown. Sundown County being a county that black people should not be in when the sun goes down. Because you will be murdered. Um, But don't they know in a sundown county it's Lovecraft country? Exactly. Because then... Now, then they they go over the county line, but then those people continue to chase them into the woods where they then encounter Lovecraftian monsters known as Shoggoths, I think. Uh, they have, they're, they're real creepy and kind of vampire-y, but also kind of not. It's a whole thing. The thing that chases them away is light. So if they have a light shone on them, they will sort of run away. Um, they, they fucking hate light, y'all. That's a crucial thing. It will come back up later, I think. I don't <laughs> remember, but I think it comes back later. Um, <laughs> so then they hijinks ensue as they try to not be murdered by these monsters. Um, and then they find themselves at this mansion. They are covered... The, the police get fucking murked every last one of them Woo-hoo! um by these beasts <laughs> and these beasts look like they're going to murder them as well 
And then they hear a whistle and they all leave. And then they stumble out of the woods. The car is fucking totaled, like, by this point. Um, They stumble up to this mansion in the middle of the woods where this dude is like, ah, yes, Tick, we've been expecting you. Thus ends episode one. Fucking weird. And that's Bizarre. just where that one ends. Yeah. Now episode two. Wait. They wake. Wait. Mm-hmm. I yes. want to say some things about episode <laughs> one. And I don't know if Ronnie does either. But I mean, here's mm-hmm. real quick. I just want to say a few things. One, Jonathan yes. Majors. Two, Journey Smollett. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, <yes. laughs> um, both fine as hell. And and oh, we're gonna yeah. get into this later. But there's definitely some like romantic attraction um and it is just like palpable because they're both so hot like uh they're they're playing the two leads and i mean and we also Mm -hmm. have you know the uh, the the performer who plays george um and it's all three of them uh that would be sorry courtney b vance um Mm -hmm. who again you fall in love with him instantly he's just a wonderful character uh, George and Hippolyta are like amazing and their daughter is super amazing. What I really liked also is just like everyone in their family is like really into like science and like creativity. Like Hippolyta's really into like stargazing, stargazing and George mm-hmm. besides putting together the guide, um he's also just loves to read. He's like also a huge dork. Um Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 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 D is like an artist, and she like draws little comics for her dad when he goes on his adventures, and like, it's just like, it's so sweet. Like they're all just a bunch of dorks bubbling around, and I love it. <laughs> Everyone in this show is just very good. Yeah, I like them a lot. Also, I feel like oh, there's a section for that later. I don't want to get to it yet. There's a whole section for things that work and don't work later. Mm. Um, we will get there. That is at the end of the All thing. Right. Or not the end, but that is after this section. This is go- this has been a very long breakdown of one yeah. episode. I was going to oh, say. Oh, boy. I'll read. Um, I'll just read this, the, the, the descriptor on Wikipedia for the second one. This you can if you want it functionally. Actually, honestly, that probably is a good idea. Um, is that cool? With I'm you, doing this off. I'm That's doing great. this off dome. Oh. <laughs> I was doing this off dome. Weird well, choice I'm, on this you one. You could just like condense yeah. it. Um, yeah. Ron, do you yeah, want to? We'll, take... we'll talk about everything. All right, mm-hmm. Ron. Do you want to take uh, the third one, Holy Ghost, and I'll take yeah. Whitey's on the Moon? Okay. Yeah. So. Feel free to editorialize whenever uh, w- within that Wikipedia, but yeah, of course, go ahead, of take course. that away. So William, who was the mysterious white man who greeted them to his enormous mansion, explains that the mansion is the Artem Lodge, designed by Titus Braithwaite, a slave trader and founder of the occult secret society of wizards called the Sons of Adam. George, the uncle, realizes the Atticus, you know, our main character Tick, uh, is a descendant. Uh, which is implied through um, some unsavory, uh, 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 unfortunately, his, like his great 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 Some realities of slavery. Yes, um, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Um, great. He's a descendant of Titus and thus a premier member of the Sons. Because of this, he has a very powerful heritage. Samuel Braithwaite, uh, the current owner of the Lodge and leader of the Sons, plans to use and potentially sacrifice Tick in an upcoming ritual, which is like, uh oh, stinky. 
Um, the white woman who helped the group earlier is revealed to be Samuel's daughter, Christina. That's who got to stop the fucking cops when they were chasing them out of town. Uh, she stepped out. She was looking fierce, easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. That's Christina, <laughs> who she had the whistle that controls the monsters. So that's what the whistle was for. Um, after telling Tick that not all white people are, are bad, she traps the travelers in their respective rooms <laughs> with a magic force field. Love that sentence. <laughs> not all white people that are bad. Is extreme. Not all white people are bad. Trap anyway, people immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, um, which is a very <gasps> fucked up part. She like traps them and then like, I don't know if this, uh, let me check to see if they don't explain it in here. Um, it's a sequence that's so fucking fascinating to me. Um, she traps them and like each of the, she puts like, I don't know if it's her or what other magic there is, but she puts like some, like a lover from their past or current relationships and like their doors are now see-through and all of these sons of the, or sons of Adam who are all a bunch of rich white men can like look through the rooms to see what's happening. And it's like mm. so fucking disturbing. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh god, oh, extremely real, yeah. like human zoo levels, which is like parallels mm. to history, but like yeah. gross and Yuck. you know, yeah, poo poo. Um, they eventually yeah. break out, but not all white people are bad. Just so you yeah. know, oh, there's some good white people. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <sighs> eventually, <laughs> they break out and rescue Montrose. Uh, who Montrose is ticks. Papa, who is played by the phenomenal Michael K. Williams. Love to see him in stuff. He's so good. Yeah. Um, May he rest in peace. Oh, God. Yeah. It, 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 I love to see him in things. I love when he pops up. God, I can't believe he fucking died this past. Wasn't it re like this past year? That was last year. Yeah, it was in God September of last year. Yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. Shit. Anyway, sorry, sorry. I'm getting lost in the sauce. But Montrose, who George had earlier deduced was being held captive in a nearby village. They find him, break him out. Samuel, little bastard boy, stops them shooting and killing Letty and seriously wounding George. So, like, they can heal both of them, but only if Tick agrees to cooperate for the ritual to save their lives. Um, uh, and Tick is like, yeah. And so they heal Letty and she's, like, resurrected. And they're like, we'll do George later after you do the ritual. And he's like, all right, bet. Um, so Atticus, uh, sorry, Tick. I don't know why they write Atticus. Does the ritual, but the magic backfires. And, uh, but the magic black backfires as a black woman in the 19th century dress appears. Oh, implied to be Tick's slave ancestor. Turning Samuel and other sons to stone and burning down the mansion. Tick's, Tick escapes, only discovered that although Lydia has been resurrected, George has succumbed to his wounds. Yeah. And that is yeah. the plot of episode two, Whitey's on the Moon. Oh, also, that whole last, last bit takes place while Whitey's on the Moon, which is a famous um, piece of poetry, I believe, mm -hmm. is playing as the soundtrack. The soundtrack for all of this is fucking oh incredible my God. so far but, <laughs> like that uh that that poem is by gil scott heron um Hell a yeah. 1970s spoken word poem um but mm -hmm. ron are you ready to read yeah. three 
Holy Ghost? Let's talk about Holy Ghost. Uh, this is a Letty-focused episode, which uh, all the girls love. Um, oh, yeah. And we're the girls. We, and we're the girls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're the girls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's been three weeks since George's funeral uh, after he died in the last one. we. <laughs> okay, I'm fine. Yeah. Sad. Mm-hmm. Super sad. Um, we Things skip. We skip a little cry. bit of time here. Um, they've like uh, concocted a story about how uh, George was shot by a uh, crooked sheriff and not a wizard, a white supremacist <laughs> wizard. Um, Which sounds bad. You think it's the the KKK, <laughs> right? No, yeah. You say it like as, that, but literally. As Christina Braithwaite says, yeah, the, yeah. the KKK is too poor for this this group to hang out with. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jesus. I mean, Imagine that's true. that being your problem with the Klan is literally right, yeah. that they are too poor. Imagine... If they could just get up the social ladder. <laughs> I was going to say, imagine classism, but for the Klan, you know? Right, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, I reject the Klan because I hate poverty. Yeah. What? Like, wait, I'm, I'm there's so nothing tired. else wrong with the clan? <laughs> uh, I can forgive buddy. racism. <laughs> classic community. Oh, my God. Anyway. Um, Letty buys a big old house. Fuck um, yeah. And uh, moves in a bunch of her friends and uh, her sister. But there's a problem. It's in an all-white neighborhood. Um, and... The uh, neighbors are not kind to them. They they put a bunch of cars out front and lay on the horn with some bricks, and uh, they burn a cross in the front lawn. And uh, at that point, Letty has kind of had enough and bashes up the cars. Which that um, sequence was fucking. Oh my god! Yeah. I yep. was like, I know, I know that's like dangerous, but like also just what you needed to see, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. proves to me that if you give Journey Smollett a baseball bat, you will you mm-hmm. will have magic. I would love to yeah. give Journey Smollett many baseball bats, please and thank yeah. you. She can have any baseball bat that I that happens to exist in my house, of which there is one. <laughs> that conveniently, I will there buy a baseball exactly bat one. for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is conveniently the one from Birds of Prey. But anyway, that's if you if you that's a new stretch goal for the for the where they may Patreon is we will we will send a baseball bat to Journey Smollett. I don't um, want it to be like does. threatening though. We'll leave like a message. No, in Just like, like a like... velvet case with like yeah. <laughs> right right with, like, we'll make flowers it kind around of... it. Uh, yeah, we'll write nothing sexual. However, right no um. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> just, a, just a big note on the outside, but like, it's not weird. Don't, it's, don't make it weird. Um, right. Uh, she feels it. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, they burn across on the lawn. She gets arrested, and the cops are trying to like get out of her why she bought the house. There seems to be something going on that she's not really aware of. Um, and as she's looking at pictures she took while she was at the house. Uh oh, there's some ghosts and some supernatural stuff happening. Um, and she does a bunch of research because, again, everyone on the show is a big nerd who has to solve these yeah. mysteries. Um, and she uh, realizes that she, in a, I, Kirsten came in when I was watching this part and I was going to explain, like, oh, well, her house is, is haunted. And damn if, like, Tick doesn't walk into the bar and Journey Smollett is just like, my house is haunted. And I was like, Boom. 
Aston answered. This is this is a very good show. It's a very so my good house show. Jump fucking in haunted, and I was like, yeah. "Damn, yep. <laughs> she's sitting while she's sitting she there smoking a cigarette." And I'm like, "Again, boss bitch shit that I love." Just mm-hmm. her sitting there. Like, Damn, how is she gonna tell Tick that like, her house is haunted? My house is haunted. My house is haunted. That's script. That's script writing one on one. It's yeah. just like just tell, just yeah. tell. Don't bother with all this. No show. show. Um, they though they do a very good job showing that the house is fucking haunted oh, yeah. by that point. They do a oh, fantastic yeah. job of that. Oof, some wild shit too. Um, and so they bring in a uh, spirit medium, um, to try and uh, exercise the spirits who are. Uh, victims of a uh, human uh, experiment like uh, torture house a sadistic serial killer I think is an apt description of this human and Uh, just to clarify if if you couldn't tell by now it was eight eight black victims and one white guy who's a, yeah. an evil little man yeah mm-hmm. um and they are able to through some uh just real real badassery that uh that jv alluded to earlier in the episode get the fuck out of my house um oh. she and the other spirits kind of come into their full form and are able to uh get rid of this racist old white ghost um <laughs> And, and apparently during that at some point uh three white men entered the house like trying to find her and also died. Yeah. And so their bodies are just in the sub basement somewhere. Enjoy this time. Uh, it... <laughs> Sorry. Mm. <laughs> Enjoy your punishment. Wait, no. <laughs> mhm. I mean um... they're stored in with the bones and the bodies from the other uh from the previous murders mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it is very good that like it, it, you're you're there is like a level of like uh does she really know that they were killed does she not but they ask her at the end like do you know anything about these these missing uh white people in the neighborhood and she's like oh i don't i don't know about it and she could very well not know about it like it just it just happened the house murdered them hid them and she was just busy fighting some ghosts and wasn't even aware of these racist dangers uh yeah. amongst her uh, um, the living ones. G Ronnie and GJV, how did Letty afford that house? Ooh, well, it turns God. out she said it was uh, <laughs> some inheritance from her deceased mother, um, who uh, there was a big thing with her and her sister about like how why she send you money. She didn't have any money. Apparently, she had money. Uh, it turns out it was our our good friend Christina Braithwaite uh, who steps out. She is a uh, beautiful. Uh, bodacious cover girl. Easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. Easy breezy, beautiful bodacious cover girl. I went to the Duncan. They said bodacious was the new phrase for the cover girl. Bodacious cover girl. I'm gonna start saying that. I just forgot. Um, bodacious cover girl is honestly sh- just my new porn. No, name, beautiful but anyway, bodacious fine. cover girl is Letty. Easy breezy, yes. beautiful cover girl and is yes. This bitch Chris. Christina Braithwaite. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bitch Chris. Um, she she sent the money to uh, to Letty 
uh, because the the guy who owned the house uh, was a was a, a an offshoot of this secret society her dad was a part of, and she wants to get these secret pages of this book back so she can do lots of more more sinister magics. Um, and uh, Tick tries to kill her, and she like freezes his body and doesn't let him do it. Um, and uh, she just like walks out. Leaving, leaving Tick there, just kind of like stunned by the whole thing, you and she says, "Hey, maybe this. She... you can't go around murdering white women." I'm like, yeah. "God damn it!" <laughs> and that's and that's and that's basically it. it was, there, there's some stuff with um with uh Hippolyta uh being Wait. very concerned about her her uh, of course her deceased husband and not really believing the story from Montrose and Tick uh. And her having some like real, real trauma response to to the loss of her husband. So what yeah. an uh, and um and the daughter uh, D at one point uh, is down in the basement playing with the Ouija board in an actively haunted house, and I just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that whole sequence. I'm just sitting there like, oh no. I did say, oh, you've got to be kidding me out loud. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no offense, but your father died like a month ago and you're in a haunted house in the basement where it's the most haunted and like so haunted, just playing with a Ouija board with your buds. Like, what do you think was going to happen, mate? Right. <sighs> Um, on the flip side, uh, you actually brought up a good point. Um, I can't remember which one of you. I'm so sorry. Someone said something about trauma responses for Hippolyta. And mm -hmm. w one of my favorite scenes in this episode specifically was when she's talking about how Tick puts his, like when he's drying out the cups, he puts it right side up um, when doing the mm -hmm. dishes. And she's like, yeah, I need him to leave. And I, hear, I think it was Letty in that scene. She's like, why? And he's like, she's like, oh, because he doesn't put it down like George used to do. And I was like, what? Like, that is such a, like, a small, mm -hmm. but, like, such a that's true real, thing. But that's real. Like, that's, that's small that's... and powerful. Yeah. yeah. The, a lot of, a lot of the... the show is, like, these small, powerful moments. Um, well, let's, let's, there's, there's lots to say there. Before we get into that. We, we've been recording for what, like almost an hour now. Let's get into, uh, hey JV, hey Ronnie. We yeah. watched we we watched three episodes of HBO's uh, Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft Country. Um, it's totally an easy name to remember. We've all done it so so well and so good. Um, <laughs> did these episodes work for you? One thousand percent, yes. Oh, these ones, yes, yes. Honey, oh, these yes. ones, yeah. Good, absolutely, good. yes. God, hey, hey Val. Val. Oh yeah. no, you do it. You do it. You do it. No, no, no. Because hey. I no, we have to no way. That's fine. Hey, JV, no, no, Ronnie, JV, you do it, and then I do it to Ronnie. Oh, oh, okay. See what I'm doing? Sure. See? I'm sorry for Aggressive yelling, Ronnie. Wait, Ronnie, come back. It's fine. I mean, so I, I ain't going anywhere. You can't uh -huh. scare me away. Oh, okay. Go ahead, JV. Hey, Val. Yes. Did, did <laughs> these episodes work for you? Yes. <laughs> hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. It worked for me. Oh, blah, 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 blah. 
Oh, Ronnie. Oh, yeah. <gasps> did these episodes work for you? They sure did. These episodes were very good. Very good television that uh, I watched on my TV. What an amazing, uh, like, the production value on it, too, is just incredible. Yeah. Let's let's get into it. What worked? What I mean, everything obviously, but like let's let's get into the nitty gritty. What worked about these episodes for us? Journeys Millet. I know. <laughs> well, of course. But surprising no one, Journeys Millet worked for me. And in other news, water is fucking wet. Yeah, like, gr- yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, if but you also, don't, I, JV, for people who don't know who you are, could you explain a little bit about your love of Miss Millet? Okay, so my love for Miss Millette began apparently actually fucking years ago when I saw True Blood and I realized she was in that and I realized that I fucking liked her. Um, <laughs> like, she was a character in, like, season, one of the seasons of that show that I was like, I'm dubious on this season, but she's the shining bit of this season. Uh-huh, Loved uh-huh. her in that. But then I sort of, like, forgot that I'd seen her in a bunch of things. And then... Birds of Prey uh, came into existence, and the Black Canary is one of my favorite superheroes. And then, obviously, I fell in love with her even more um, because, well, the Black Canary is one of my favorite superheroes. Um, and, and she, she played crushed Black that Canary. role. Yeah. She delivered everything that that character needed to be, and it changed the way that I viewed that character fundamentally. And I am still obsessed with it. it it's been two full ass years since that movie came out and I will never not be obsessed with that movie um anyway that's that's the brief rundown of me and of me and I, I've seen that movie I think now uh 32 times um Woohoo! most of that of being times. in the first year yeah anyway um so that I I loved her in this whole thing because she has been an actress since she was like a tiny fucking child, like a really tiny child. I remember her in Full House. Yeah, she. Mm. Yeah, that was like I think her second TV role, mm-hmm. and she was in that rather often. Um, she was great. And but her first movie role was in. Um, Eve's Bayou, which is a movie that I highly recommend to everybody. Just it's a good fucking movie and it holds up really well despite it being like almost 30 years old at this point, I think. Mm-hmm, it's a really mm-hmm. good fucking movie. It's fucking incredible. Um <clears throat> stars a lot of uh famous people of black media specifically that's just like just black media royalty in that one <laughs> and like giving like amazing performances and she's the lead character in that as like again a very small child who just owns the whole thing and you can see that in how she plays letty in like every single scene Mm -hmm. it like it shows through so beautifully i there's this thing like with actors that i find where like there are lots of actors who I can tell are simply playing a role. Um, but and not in like a not in like a I expect everyone to like embody this thing. No. 
because that leads to really fucked up shit than Jared Leto. So no, not that. But like, I really like I like for people to like be convincing and believable and seem like they're actually feeling something when they're acting, you know, sort of crucially, that's part of the part of the job um, and part of doing the job well. And I always know she will deliver on that. Like, I always know she'll deliver on that. Um, and she did hear, like, really convincingly throughout, like, even in the, like, <laughs> in that one moment in the second episode where she, like, rings the bell to call that man back because she wanted, like, food I know, of that was, kind. again, these, <laughs> this show has these, like, little moments where it, it, it's, like, so human and so real. Like, the writing is really good. Um, oh, yeah. Like, like because there is such these, like, heavy-weighted moments. Um, and then they just have these, like, really humanistic, like, oh, my God, the little, the little scene in episode three, uh, well, the one that I mentioned earlier with the, like, with the cups and, like, <laughs> the silly little, there's, like, a part where... Like near the beginning of the episode, Hippolyta sitting in an office space and ripping out pages of Dracula. And but you can hear in the background is Tick and D. And Tick's like making breakfast. And he's just like, Aunt Hippolyta, the eggs are ready, or something like that. And D is like, Tick burned the eggs. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's such a like there's such these like real and he's like no, I did it. Like, it's like a little fight between cousins and like all these really like intricate real moments that bring so much like soul and kindness to these characters. I don't know. I, I just wanted to say that I, I like that bell ringing scene too. Like so good. <laughs> well, it's the, it's the show is built so much around these uh, either these terrifying uh, racist situations or these terrifying monster uh, occult situations. But like, those are just like the, like the obstacles we make these characters kind of jump through. Mm-hmm. It's those moments. It's like, I remember specifically um, just in a, a side of uh, the car driving uh, down the road, George was driving and, <laughs> Letty, this is before there was like really any romantic uh, movement story wise, plot wise between the two characters. Letty had her head on on tick and was it was just like very comfortable. Clearly, they were like their relationship was progressing Um, that that's where this characterization comes from. That's where these characters are built. And so when by the end of episode one. We are so invested in these characters. That's why it's not because they like went on a, on a monster adventure together. It's because we've seen them living life and like experiencing these extremely relatable moments very quickly. And it it works so well to establish these characters as people you care about, people that care about each other. Um, Whether it's, just because journey Smollett is journey Smollett or the writing or the, just like the, the directing of those small moments, it it really just all works together to like very quickly in a, not at all clunky pilot, a very sharp pilot uh, Mm -hmm. establish a lot of things that is, that make you feel so much 
uh, in heavy moments later on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, there's one moment that I wanted to flag as like one that I hadn't seen the first time, despite watching very closely the first time on that first rewatch, um, which is like when uh, Tick gets back into town and he's looking for his dad and he goes to his workplace. I don't know how else to say this, so I'm just going to be extremely blunt about it. He encounters a a dude being blown by another dude and just sort of immediately looks away and then stops like that. So that whole thing sort of ends and it's not really commented on. It's just sort of a thing that happened there. I'm more flagging it for like a thing that I noticed on this rewatch after having seen the rest of this as a mm. thing that is marginally important for like certain bits of character information that mm. are going to be important later. Ooh. Or maybe have already been important if you were paying close enough attention to certain character things um, from uh, one mantras. Whatever, fine. Anyway. Um, wow. So, yeah. I was going to say and, it. Balls. This balls. Mild spoiler for a future episode, but um balls. No, go ahead. Mm, but like recognizable, like character, a recognizable thing. If you've been in that phase of like in, in a certain particular type of environment and closeted. It, they're just behaviors that you immediately can sort of recognize in this man. Mm-hmm. And I'm more flagging it because it's like, I wish I had had paid attention to it the first time around. Um, Because it makes that character seem like less of a fucking asshole for no reason. Mm-hmm. And I think he deserves to not necessarily be viewed like that. But that also speaks to the cleverness of the writing and the delivery mm-hmm. of each character. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it is a subtle thing that you will notice if you are from within a group of people who have had that similar experience. Mm-hmm. That if you like, if you caught it, if you caught it earlier it might not make a lot of sense, but then when you see it, like when it gets to later on and you do see it and you see that, like, you're like, oh, this wasn't just out of nowhere, which was a critique I recall seeing of that, of the, of a thing later on. Mm-hmm. And like, like it just seems like it came out of nowhere and it was like a weird stereotype thing. And I was like, that's not actually true. It was wildly, extremely subtle, um, like throughout the whole thing in a in the way that like a thing in 1950 that discusses queer people would have to be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. They just this this is just they did a lot of good things and I'm extremely pleased. Also, I don't know which scenes were scarier for me. The scenes where there's like active vampire esque monsters roaming around, or the scenes with just white people that seem unpredictable. Like I, I, I don't know which between these two things which is scarier. 
for me specifically, honestly, both of these extremely terrifying, but one of them is a lot more likely to just be a regular everyday occurrence, Mm -hmm. even now. Like, not for nothing. It's not so much that, like, sundown towns don't exist anymore. They still absolutely fucking do. I mentioned that I live in Massachusetts. Um, Mm -hmm. This is not a fully inapt, like, in... Um, it's not a fully incorrect portrayal of Massachusetts even now to have certain sections of it sort of have that vibe. There are for sure towns like within the county that I live in where I just sort of know, yeah, maybe don't like exit the car at this time of night in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, in like certain I mean, towns, even like I, I, it might not be so like violently and aggressively racist uh as much as just like the casual racism uh that leads to that violence uh but boston itself is like one of the most racist cities in america like secretly oh for sure i went to college there for four years yeah yeah Yeah, it fucking is Um, and but even there like going to college there for four years I still would have those moments of like, yeah, I'm still going to fucking walk around at night here. Like, it's the rural areas where things get real scary because, I don't know, our gun control laws up here are actually real bullshit just in general for an extremely liberal-ass state. Admittedly, Vermonts are fucking worse, uh, but whatever. Um, So, like, out here in the lovely country... People just have shotguns. Like, I'm like 1,000% sure that my neighbor has a shotgun mm-hmm. just because. Oh, yeah. We live in a residential neighborhood. I do not know why this man has this, but I'm certain that he does. But also, I know him from, like, years of elementary school and also middle school. He's perfectly fine and a relatively harmless human being. Just has a gun. Drunk, but whatever. He d- yeah, yeah it, it's it's one of those like, ah, yeah, those other things that just are sort of around. Weirdly, it's slightly more practical, particularly when I add in the fact like we have just also had just bears just around constantly. <gasps> yeah. mm-hmm. And some of them have gotten like slightly violent. Um, So it isn't like out of the realm of possibility that like yeah that's a justified reason to have a shotgun mm-hmm. it's one of the known things that can fell a bear if you need it to um so like, it's not like out of the realm of normalcy in an area where you also are surrounded by woodlands but like it's there's also still a distinct vibe in certain areas in like rural massachusetts of like yeah um if you are a certain shade of brown you just should not be here past this time of day um like and that's just a known thing will anything necessarily overtly bad happen to you possibly not but it could yeah i was gonna say it's a possibility it's a possibility Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. like you might wind up missing and they might never find you and it and it would be quite quite bad if that were to happen even if you do have the Apple Watch that has the emergency settings on it, um, <laughs> you still might wind up just missing. So, like, that's the that's the horror in this that, like, I can easily sort of immediately relate to, that, like, I appreciate a lot about it, because it's, like, it's not subtle about any of this, like, at mm-hmm. all. No, because not at no- all. Nothing about that is subtle, because mm-hmm. 
at this point, why would it be? Like, it doesn't, wouldn't make sense for it to be subtle, I think, at this point. Um, oh, yeah. And I think the show, like, yeah. it, it, like, like you said, it's not subtle. It is intentionally paralleling these horrors of a, of a supernatural nature and of a very, very natural, I would say unnatural, but of a, of a, a historical nature. Um, and it's, it's, it's so telling that like, in order to mirror the horrors of real history, they have to, it's not just like, boo, it's a vampire or boo. It's, they have to make it the scariest thing you have ever seen. You have, it, it has to have claws that burrow into the ground covered in eyes and uh, <laughs> rips out people's throats and then turns people into these like weird mole teeth. Like that's how horrifying it needs to get in order for you to like balance the scales of sundown towns and racist police mm-hmm. and uh, diners that like chase you out with a gun. Um, yeah. It, it, it is not content to just be like, well, this is kind of scary. It has to be, extremely scary because real life is extremely scary well as you were saying that i literally just realized like quite literally as you were saying that and make describing the shoggoths there i was like so actually those seem like a really great parallel for like just a just a one-to-one parallel for like um the someone like watching somebody become a fascist well like and i i was just about to say um i think one of the coolest i shouldn't say coolest but one of the most um interesting things about the show too is like with the monsters like there's like we were you were saying like a parallel um like something that uh i I don't think we mentioned uh for episode two was that after the events of episode one george and letty um had a spell put on them uh by the wizards <laughs> um to make them forget about the night before and the next time they do see the the these creatures immediately they forget again and i really like thinking about like like the idea of like uh, i mean i don't like thinking about the idea but i like <laughs> um the comparison of just like black pain you know like like uh kind of not gas well i guess gaslighting in a way like feeling like you're being gaslit into not feeling that kind of pain where he's like no no we crashed the car there was blood all over you where there was fucking monsters everywhere and they're like are you like shell-shocked right now because you're a veteran like are you okay Mm. and I, i i you know and there's so much of that like like that parallel that happens of like what is happening in the story with like the 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 crimes that white people are committing versus like the actual like horrors that of like monsters and magic and all this shit like being inflicted upon everyone else you know um oh yeah it's so cool and like i was telling jv off mic but like it's kind of like an anthology of of like seeing that pain and then overcoming that pain together as a community um and yeah. it's so good to like see that communal effort come together because it's always it's not just like one person i mean maybe in one episode it's like a, a person resolving it but it's always with each other you know it's like always being mm-hmm. supported by the people around them which i think is yeah. fascinating and, and it 
especially it hits in that second episode where like every moment where like things could get out of control, where things could spiral. George is there. George is like, here's what they're trying to do. Here is like a perfect example in a book that I read about how they're trying to get in our heads. And like, like they are just like very smart and very on top of shit. And they don't get, let these horrors kind of take over as much as it, it looks like on the screen, as much as it's taking me over. I'm horrified. But the characters on screen very much have it all together, which keeps me grounded in a way, but still like, I know that this 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 show is going to continue, and there's going to be more scary things. Mm-hmm. Um, but even even like when they go to the dinner, and uh, uh, Samuel, the 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 lead wizard, is giving this whole spiel, and George is like, "I'm going to stop you right there," and gives the like that was incredible. Takes the power. Yes, excellently written scene. Takes the power oh, away. Beautiful. Says, uh, "Here's the power. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over there to my main man, Tick." Tick stands up, like I've got the power now. All you white people get out of the room. Um, it they are just very much, um, which like it, I feel like it shouldn't work in a mystery. It like a mystery works when you are like a half step ahead of the characters involved, but the characters yeah. are always like really on top of shit, and it it brings like a certain comfort mm-hmm. among this. Like maybe it's like why I'm enjoying it so much when like horror is not my bag it is not my genre because i am like so grounded and so comforted by these characters who i'm sure they are gonna like go through their paces later in the series but um at this point they just really have it together and are are you know making me feel more comfortable moving through this space with them as my analog mm-hmm. oh yeah absolutely and like the <laughs> trying to think like that they just handle a lot of these things like so well and they like they just have casual mentions of things period mm-hmm. the thing that also just like blows my mind about like this whole fucking thing is like there's a mention like in episode three of like how did letty come by all this money and someone is like oh well she said she played the numbers and hit it big and i was like that's a that is a mention of a thing that, like, in that, like, I didn't learn that part of like Black history just generally until I was, I think, twenty-seven, mm-hmm. which extremely late, <laughs> just extremely wildly late. But like, when I did learn about that, I was like, oh, oh, nice. Like, oh, that's a nice little like, and. And, like, knowing what that little thing is, like, tied into and, like, the history of that. Mm-hmm. I love those small little historical things that they just throw in there that are, like, so, so impactful and that sort of rooted in a familiar universe of ours. And, like, are there things in this series that are undoubtedly going to be a problem? Yes. they. Yes, there are. We'll get to them eventually. <laughs> we will. Um, we will get to them pointedly next time. 
like literally next time. Woohoo! We will get to the men. <laughs> like, can't right wait to feel that. disappointment. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it'll you you will feel it, but then you'll move on to the next two episodes, and you won't feel it as badly. Gay people and disappointment. <laughs> That's why I anticipate yeah. these next three episodes Oof. being gay people and disappointment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean. It's not fully wrong, but also like there's just these small little things that like the the calls back to Korea, like mm. and the and this woman that like we don't know anything the fuck about, but we know some shit went down. I I love those phone calls. They are so they they are they they make me so fucking tense. Even though I again already know what the fuck happens i am so tense every time he calls places a phone call to korea <laughs> oh, no yeah oh, that God. that first what? call that first call i was like what is happening um <laughs> but then like the you kind of pick up what's happening uh by after episode two you're kind of like oh I see. i'm kind of putting the pieces together of this relationship I at um, least somewhat. Yeah. At least somewhat. Not fully, but at least somewhat. Yes. We'll get there. It's fine. Um like and I love that like this story is still one that can surprise. Mm -hmm. It can fill you with like it, like it can still like even if you can kind of guess where certain things are going, you will still be surprised when it goes to those places. Oh, Oh God, I am uh, always surprised at certain things that wind up happening in this story, and it's and it's not always like we we talk we are a big like we don't care about spoilers on this show kind of thing, um it, because it is like the surprise is like an element of it, the satisfaction that this show delivers like I I I guess I mentioned it a little bit with the like them being a step ahead and like them figuring it out and you feeling like you figured it out kind of thing. Um, it is, there's no, there's no reason that we should have gotten episode two, two episodes in the end of episode two, when we get the fall of the house of Usher, basically, mm -hmm. um, oh, and, yeah. and like Fuck, someone who, who like could be like the big bad of the series just turns to dust and everyone who has like been mocking and like ogling, like uh human zooing these these are three characters who we absolutely adore at this point um they're just they're just murdered yeah. they're just absolutely destroyed by this house by the power that uh that tick's character was able to like channel um there's no reason that that should be the end of episode two like that is oh, yeah. like a gift that this show has given us that like we get that kind of satisfaction other shows don't give you that like this is not necessarily a monster of the week show or like a, a procedural, but there are elements of that. Mm -hmm. And you don't even get that kind of wrap up with one of those shows. This show has given us like so much to like sit back and kind of rest on the laurels of what has happened mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. in a way that I, I, that makes it like more palatable for me, a non horror fan again, but also just <laughs> like so watchable and so endlessly like yes yes i i need to know what's next i need to like keep going in a in a very in a way that is very earned and not in mm -hmm. just like a cheap cliffhanger kind yeah. of way yeah. absolutely 
absolutely there oh the i just the <laughs> ha the art the art of yeah. it all yeah. ah but the like Truly. the way that the way that like i uh, and speaking back to like these characters also just being able to be like these intelligent like well thought out characters that are that are thinking and actually doing things that make sense to fucking do mm-hmm. that's the other thing that that's the thing that gets me about a lot of horror shit there's a fundamental thing where i'm like yeah this takes me out of it this takes me out of it because i would never have made that fucking choice because again living in america as a black person there are certain choices you don't fucking wind up making um <laughs> that will or that like you you won't go with the option of like I'm not going to run into this house where, like, the house is also telling me to get the fuck out of it. Like, I'm not going to run directly headlong into this house. Whereas Mm -hmm. in a lot of horror movies, a very specific type of person will just wander into this house, just sort of naked in a tube top, just like, hello? Yeah. Who's there? Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just anyway, just that unbelievable I think, thing. I think in you every just wanted movie. to say naked in a tube top. Mm-hmm, I did mm-hmm. kind of a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> just... um, I know, I know, we're getting long. I just mm-hmm. want to say one thing. Um, whoever mm-hmm. cast Loki, they've got to have watched Lovecraft Country, right? Yeah, because yeah, absolutely. oh yeah, absolutely. They they saw they saw Jonathan Majors and they saw um I believe her name is Wumi Mosaku. Uh, mm-hmm. they saw those two. And by the way, she's also great as Ruby. Uh, I didn't oh. get to really talk about her, but I've seen her in some other, like, because she's British and I've seen her in some, like, British telly. I'm so sorry to any British mm-hmm. listeners. Um, British telly. Yeah. British telly. Um, British telly, but yeah. she's great. And obviously Jonathan Majors is amazing. And to see them, you know, both here and then also with Loki. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Um, but it is like tw- an hour twenty in, so. Oh boy, yeah. Um, is there I, I does anyone have anything? Um, anything that did that they did not like that any any not not good points. Nobody will be attacked if there was anything bad no, because I I'm sure I mean, there was like, something. <laughs> I'm trying to think because I was thoroughly impressed with like the visual, like especially like the visual mm-hmm. stuff. Um, oh, yeah. I, You know, I'm a little like I'll be honest, like I'm a little nervous about how they're going to be moving forward regarding um, the like the war stuff. Um, mm. especially with um the uh the Korean f- female lead that we we keep kind of uh, alluding to, I just hope we don't fall into tropes with that. Um, I'm sure it'll be fine. JV, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, I uh, I might be the wrong person for that one as a as a non Asian woman. Um. <laughs> <laughs> As a non-Asian woman, I might be the wrong person to that's say fair, that. That's fair. I just, um, <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I think I think something that uh, the show does really well is just, like, break stereotypes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I just, 
you know, I'm a little bit nervous moving forward with that. Um, also, why the I'm coming to your house if you chose to kill George. Like, I'm coming to your home. I know why you did it for a story reason and like to move the plot and stuff. And like, we didn't mm-hmm. need him. Like, he doesn't make sense in the narrative anymore. But like, actually, I'm coming to your house and I'm coming to your house and I'm finding where you live and I'm coming to your house. I mean, without like spoiling too much, he's. He's not fully gone from the story. We are going to continue to get him back. He is dead. He is dead. Like, that is simply true. We cannot change the fact that he is dead. But also... The roller coaster that Val is on right now. I am so sorry. But, like, his presence within the story is not gone. Um, As... I mean, is like that should be evident based on the fact that, like, um, based on how in episode three, when he is dead, like his, um, uh, he's like, you know, still like very much present within everything that's going on. Um, I don't Justice know. For I, just, I like him. Justice for Uncle George. He, I do wish he was around more. Perhaps Papa George. He... We don't know. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Um so much good stuff. Lovecraft Country, it's like the name. A little clunky. A little, a little, yeah. a little um, awkward to, to to remember that. And like I get it. And like it it definitely like uh as you said, Val, like it, the anthology level of it, like it, it 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 works with it. Just as I try and remember what the show is called, I keep thinking love and also the fact that it's I mean, it's 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 subverting the idea of of Lovecraftian uh, horror and uh, racism, but mm-hmm. it's still it's still the first you still named your show after the the name of the guy. Well, well I, uh, I in fairness, pers- yeah, go ahead. it's based on a book. I was also gonna this say, is based on a book. I was going to say <laughs> also, true. too, I feel like in fairness to them as well, like it's a re- reclamation of the genre. For sure. You know, like, I feel like Mm -hmm. they're kind of not like a fuck. I mean, maybe a little bit of a fuck you to Lovecraft. Like, Mm. you know, a little a little touch of fuck. Yeah. Um, Because this. uh, Yeah. My my complaint was was just less that it was uh, more that it's just clunky. More that I just can't remember the name. Oh, no, you're fully you're fully correct with that. I will say, like, there's this there. The a weird thing about this story is that uh, Lovecraft Country is a is a book that was written wildly recently. It was written in 2016. Oh, shit. Did you read it? No. I started to, and I just, I didn't wind up finishing it because other books came out that I enjoyed. Um, (laughs) That that made it sound so fucking shady, and I didn't mean it to. God damn it. Anyway, there's nothing wrong with the book other than it is written by, um, it is, simply written uh by a white dude which is not inherently a problem i just find it interesting that that it is a right like it's just that's very it's a show is obviously created by uh black creators but the fact that the source material that's interesting yeah it's kind of like it's a weird like it's kind of weird right Like, like there's just something about that it's just like a little bit strange. Um, 
But like, I mean, and and his book does address the same like types of themes. Sure. Um, and I just, uh, which is, I, I think I will say just blanket. I think that that's generally a good thing, particularly as it's like, as like the plan with this whole thing was to address, was to like address and explore the, the concepts that we've just like talked about a bit, right. Of like mm-hmm. the, of the parallels between the type of horror that is in a Lovecraftian story with these Lovecraftian monsters and the horrors of the Jim Crow, <laughs> of the Jim Crow era. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, and just the, the various things that come up when both of those things are at play. I, yeah. I find that, I find it interesting that this man wrote it. I have n- I have not read enough of it to know whether or not he like captures it well I'm presuming he does, but um I don't know. I also was after reading a very small part of it really really wanted to listen to um a completely different audiobook that was a lot lighter in tone. Uh-huh. Uh sure. because I was upset um so like and that this show is a is one that is relatively upsetting that is a simply a true thing um Mm -hmm. so i i hope that people afterwards just do something good for their mental health whatever that might be um mine was hanging out with my friends and talking on a podcast yeah what was yours mine was watching um mine was watching (laughs) <laughs> oh my fucking god um mine was watching what the fuck is the name of that show oh uh legendary came back and so mine was watching legendary nice and ronnie <laughs> what was yours i had a big old bowl of pasta hell yeah <laughs> appropriate uh, i love I that think i love craft that it's getting I late. love crafting. It's soups uh. late. Oh, no. <laughs> you, who wants We're, to wrap yeah. us up then? Like a tiny little uh, baby. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna swaddle I'm gonna swaddle y'all. I'm gonna push oh. you in one big old blanket and I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a little triangle and I'm gonna swaddle y'all. Yeah. Uh, and and the podcast right in with you, all three of you. Uh, and I'm gonna tell the listeners that it is where they may may. Um. Yeah, our, our very uh, special guests are here uh, for other reasons, but I'm going to go ahead and say that they are brought to you by where they may may. Uh, it is uh, it, it's May. We celebrate uh, all of you and the creators that that come together to make this podcast and all the other podcasts on our network. Uh, you can find out more at where they may dot com, or you can go over to Patreon, Patreon dot com slash wtm radio uh you can follow where they may on twitter at where they may and uh follow all the other shows force friends rewatch good neighbors uh and fan fiction is good actually um and uh do y'all have anything that you want to share or promote sure I've got a new podcast called Cinema Tea with JV that I have been so bad at telling people it exists 
Oh my god, I've been so bad. I've had it now for over <laughs> over a week and I barely fucking told anybody. Anyway, fine. But um it's up on my social media. Um it is just cinema tea with JV. Um I, it's I believe pinned on my pinned tweet. I should probably update where it is, but it is on most podcatchers. Basically, I make a cup of tea and I talk about a piece of of movie or TV. Um, there was, there was an episode on Heartstoppers, which was also incredibly good. That one, I would have suggested that one, but the thing is that one's not going to be one season. It will have more than one. And also I didn't, I, I, I didn't want us to, to be too happy with, with queerness because that's, that's just a lot. Uh, that's not a, that's, that's an incorrect way of saying that. Whatever. That that show is too happy and too <laughs> it's too happy and the queer representation is too good. I cannot suggest this one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, JV, because my mental health was feeling too good and too on point. I'm glad, I'm glad you're withholding the goods uh, yeah, to keep me yeah. grounded, keep mm-hmm, me level mm-hmm, over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, there is also the fact that I literally did also just watch that one all the way through. Um, <laughs> that was prior to discussing whether or not we were coming on this show. So I couldn't suggest a thing I had just watched all of. <laughs> like, I do recommend it, though. It is very good. Um, it is insanely good. It is the first thing, the first thing that I have reviewed that got a full 50 out of 50. Woo! In terms of a rating, yeah, and it it deserves every single one of them points. It is so good. It did make me question whether or not I've ever experienced love before, but otherwise, Whoa. Yeah, okay, <laughs> which is which is dark, but that's <laughs> fine. Um, anyway, and you can find me at Red, Black, Golden pretty much everywhere, and that's all of me. Woo! Hey, hey Val, what about you? Will you wish, wish we check out uh, what you're doing? Uh, Google. Google a picture of a little dog and think <laughs> of me when you do it. Oh. <laughs> no, um, I am at Hey Valpatron most places. Um, you can find me, I think, mostly on Twitter. I'm loudest on Twitter. Um, you can also find me just kind of floating around right now. Uh, I used to do some podcasts. You can go listen to The Creature Report if you would like to. I haven't updated since October. Today is where they may May 20th. Um, so, um, but I'm hoping to get back to it soon. Um, I'm doing a lot of other projects right now that are kind of hush hush. Uh, so I don't have a lot to talk about or a lot to promote. I do, um, work on a television show called Big City Greens. You can always watch that. Um, it's on Disney plus, uh, yeah, right now I'm kind of just like, don't have a lot of projects pals but uh i'm hoping to do more projects soon and hoping that you'll hear about some more projects soon so uh keep your ears to the ground and go follow hey v-a-l-p-e-t-r-o-n-e on twitter yeah my my whole family loves the big city greens uh but for the first time my my two-year-old requested it by name hell yeah you want to watch and she's like big big city green yeah absolutely you get them other young I, folks yeah and i always <laughs> say i i have a friend 
and they work on this show and she's never impressed. That's never going to be an impressive no, thing. No, I'm not. I, working in animation is about as cool as like working at your favorite grocery store to kids. Like when you grow up, you kind of think it's way cooler. Like when I met um, the creator of Animaniacs, I was like, oh my God. But like if <laughs> I told the, a kid that I knew the creator of Big City Greens, they would be like, okay, and? Are they going to buy me a cookie? Like, what's going on? You know? I may be shooting myself in the foot and you in the foot because I do pause the credits every time. I'm like, that, that's the name. It's Val Patrol. I know them. I know them. I I podcast with them. (laughs) I was like, oh, oh, brother. Your your kid's like, oh, brother, not this shit again. (laughs) I was like, just put on Muppet Babies. Let's get, let's move on with this shit. Yeah, come on, come on. I mean, impressing a two-year-old is kind of impossible. Truly. Um, (laughs) Like, I flipped so an impossible feet. I just. <laughs> I, I did a scrambled egg today and I flipped it in the pan and flipped it back into the pan on the other side. And she did say, whoa. And I'm going to I'm gonna be riding whoa. that high. Oh, my oh God. Wild. I'm kind of impressed. Okay. We got to. That gets we... a whoa from me. Yeah, we got to wrap yeah. up. Um, <laughs> thank you so much uh, to our guests, to JV, to Val, uh, and to Journey Smollett, uh, just, just, for, just for being you and great. Mm-hmm. Um uh typically i ask andy how how they wrap up the podcast but we we got our we got our new sign up line is it you you love to be pending you love to be pending you love to be pending wait jv hit us with a pending we love to be pending and that's the episode i think women (laughs) end me fish pend me (laughs) oh my god (laughs) Wait. That anything? I don't think that that's was, anything. You want a hat that says "Women end me, fish pend me, ending pending oh pod." Oh my god! Okay, I'm, I'm waiting for where they may merge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>